0: guys welcome back to the podcast and if you're new here welcome to the podcast as always and there is a phone number the national domestic violence hotline number that i want to put up real quick like it's one eight hundred seven nine nine seven two three three. 799 7233 that number again is one eight hundred seven nine nine seven two three three. 799 7233 their website excuse me has a um, lot of wonderful information on it so go check that out and i'm also wanting to shout out another website which is um when georgia smiled that is uh, robin mcgraw you may you may know her from television that's dr phil's wife she is um the founder and uh basically the ceo of um when georgia smiled and she has an initiative plan called Aspire. And they have an app on there. Or, well, there's an app called Aspire. And the way it's done is it's is set up to be just like an app on your phone. Just an application that you would normally download, you know, like a news app or something. And when somebody picks your phone up and presses on that application... It's going to pull up, like news and stuff like that. And you can tap on that app, I think, uh, if I'm not mistaken, I saw maybe three times, and you will have your contact information, like, say, 911 or someone that can help you in a violent situation on that app. And you can get help immediately. Um, That is something that I've really not read a whole lot into, but I did watch about it. And I'm very excited, uh, for that. I did not know that existed, but I do now. So, um, for anyone out there that is in trouble, that might be something you can look into. Uh, call 911 if you're in major trouble right now. Do not listen to this podcast if you're in any type of danger. And, okay, the topic tonight is, I wanted to talk a little bit about, um, just like some things about my abuser and some of the things you know after I was abused he had been in and out of prison for years you know he would go to prison stay a while go back it's just kind of like a second home for him he would not work I was always made to work so um, when he got out of prison, the last time that he was in, and he just got out, he stayed in there for like, 10 years, or something like that, and whenever he got out, he got with a girl that was about, I think I've spoke about this before, about the girl that he got with that was two years older than my daughter, and, um, well, it's his daughter too, but of course, he's never had anything to... You know, it's, it's a long story. He's, he was abusive. He was abusive toward, towards her and me. And it's not a part or never has been a part of her life. And never done anything for her in that sense. So, um, anyway, he was a, a master manipulator. A control freak. And the little girl he's with now, he's abusive to her. He's abusing her. She put him in jail, so it's on record that he is abusive. See, because I never did go and file charges, and you know, there were there were years there that I felt, um, I I put a lot of blame on myself, and then I I thought, you know, why didn't I do that? Why didn't I go and press charges? And well, for one, I was scared. I was young. I mean, I was in a bad situation and, you know, of course he had threatened to kill me, threatened to, um, you know, place my body to where it would never be found, under an apartment complex, and uh, that was one specific night that he had kept me up all night long, and I had to go to work the next morning, I had to be at work at the nursing home. I worked as a CNA, a certified nurse's assistant, and I had to be up at 6, or actually I had to be clocked in, I think it was like at 6.30. So I had to be up at 5.30 in the morning, and that night, he kept me up and had all the lights off in in the house, and he had a fire poker, and he was threatening to kill me with that fire poker. And he was like I can see you don't forget even though it's dark it was like a little bit of light that was shining from the kitchen into the living room and he said don't forget I can see you he said so if you close your eyes and go to sleep I can see you go to sleep and when you do he said I'm going to beat your brains out and I'm going to bury you underneath this um well it was actually not a house it was an apartment complex And he said, "I'm going to bury you underneath here, and they will. Nobody ever know that you're there." And so I stayed up, and I remember sobbing and crying all night until about five o'clock that morning. And then I walked to my job because I didn't have a vehicle, and I walked across town. And I remember. He went with me. He said, you're not going to walk by yourself. I'm going with you. I'm walking with you to work because I don't know what you're going to pull and what you're going to do, you know, because of me. And I walked, and he would pick up rocks on, you know, the road and the sidewalk, and he would sling rocks and hit me in the back of the head and hit me in the, in the back. And he... Was smoking a cigarette, and right before I walked into the parking lot of the nursing home, I can remember he put that cigarette out of my arm. And uh, of course, I was crying and I was sobbing. I was just a complete mess. And by the time I made it in the front door of the nursing facility, my boss at the time she came up to me and she said, "Are you okay?" I said, "No, I'm not." She said, "Come into my office." So I had went to her office and I told her what had happened. I said he told me he was going to be here all day looking inside of the residence room, seeing where I was at, knowing exactly where I was located, and that uh, he was going to kill me, basically, when he got the chance. So she said, you know, you need to call someone that can come get you. So I called my grandmother, and at the time she was living, and I told her to meet us out back. So when she got there, I went out back. I waited on her in like the back of the nursing home. And I kinda like peeped out the back door to see if she was coming up. So as soon as she got there, I got to the vehicle and left and went with her. And he didn't know where I, you know, who I left with, when I left, or nothing. But he came to the nursing home. He came in the front door. And he went, he went up to her and asked her where I was at and said, where's my wife? And she said, that's none of your concern and you can leave this facility before the law is called. And that was the only explanation given to him. And I can just remember that so vividly in my mind. And at that time, and when I said it was a house, it was, it was actually this old Victorian looking house and they had made apartments out of the rooms in this home. So honestly, it was just like a house. But, the, you know, there was you know rooms that was like, I don't know, it was made into apartments or something like that. And I can remember living there and having the worst experiences of my life. The abuse was really bad when I lived there with him. And uh, he had thrown and oak, we had like this oak bulldog. It was a figurine, you know, and it was pretty good size. I would say the size of a grapefruit. I mean, you know, round. And it was very thick and it was made of oak. It was a very thick piece of wood and it sat up on top of a mantel on um, top of the fireplace. And we he had come at me We we never got into it, okay? I never cussed him, and I never um, got into arguments with him. It was always him coming at me and attacking me. And, you know, it was apparently for no reason. He he would attack me for no reasons just because he thought he could. Well, he could, you know. I was young, naive, and gullible, and um, the attacks were horrific. And uh, I didn't even have to say hello to him for him to come at me, hit me in the back of the head. If I, if I wasn't saying the right things, if I didn't cook the right things, if I stirred something the wrong way, anything I did did not matter. If I ate something the wrong way, if I ate too much of something he didn't like, it was just God awful. And um, I can remember sitting on the couch and he got that Bulldog figurine. He slung it across the room as hard as he could and hit me in the head. And I can remember, you know, seeing stars. You know, they you can really see stars, like, you know, cartoon movies. You know, I, I've seen stars quite a few times during that abusive relationship. And he, he threw that and I had a egg that just came up out, you know, up from my face, and it was just horrific, and I had called my stepdad, it was, it like stuck out, and it was black, and it was blue, and I was scared that I had actually gotten a concussion from that, which I'm pretty sure I probably did have one. They didn't really, I remember going to the hospital at that time, but I don't remember them ever taking me and going through any scans of sort, or none of that, and Um, My stepfather pretty much, he knew, but, I mean, I come up with a lie. You know, I said something along the lines, because he said, you know, if you tell on me, you're going to die, you know, you're going to die. Your whole family, I'm going to kill them. I'm going to set their house on fire. They're going to burn up. So, of course I told lies. And, um, you know something? It really, really bothers me. at the fact I didn't really mean to make this you know, when I first started out talking about him, I talked about his prison life and then I, I, I brought up his girlfriend whatever now and her being young and him being abusive to her and her filing charges well, what really bothers me is the fact that he is still with she is still with him and he's still abusing her That really bothers me, and she has a mental disability. Um, She gets disability for her mental disability, and I'm not sure what it is, but, I mean, you can tell when you're around her that she has a problem. Um, So, you know, I don't know. I'm bothered by that. I really get bothered by that, and I'm not in contact with, with him or her because... You know, I just... I can't be in contact with him. He's a monster. And, uh, you know, I just... Uh, put her in her in the hands of my maker. And I let that be him, if that makes any sense to y'all. But, you know, I, I just thought I would talk, come on here. I know this is an enormous trigger story for a lot of you, and I'm so sorry... But I thought that I would record something about him and maybe some of the abuse. Because, you know, I have issues of forgetting the abuse. Like, I mean, I, I know that when I first started the podcast, I would talk about the abusive situations. But then I would, like, leave gaps. And I don't ever think I, I don't think I told these stories to y'all yet. So, I would love to be able to write the book that I'm wanting to write and I had actually talked to one of the directors that I'm um, associated with for the um, domestic violence rally she's from Texas and she offered to be my ghostwriter and she said you know after the rally we, we could talk about it and this and this and this and you know, she said you could actually do it like you know recording you know your voice or do a book recording or something but i don't know guys i'm just it's hard for me to to keep it together about when it happened what exactly happened you know from time to time because it's like bits and parts come flying or come rushing back and sometimes with my ptsd you know i had um a moment where I was with my partner and we were washing a vehicle and then I had that one moment, you know, that come flashing back of my abuser taking the high-powered hose and, you know, taking the skin off my arm with the water hose. Now, them things are very high-powered water hoses. But, uh, yeah, he did. He pulled the skin back on my arm. I remember that. And there for years, you know, I had forgotten about that, I, and I did. And then just by washing that vehicle and just the pressure of seeing that water out coming out of that hose, it just come rushing back all of a sudden. And that's part of that PTSD, you know, bringing back those bad memories. And, uh, you know, you block out a lot of the trauma and then all of a sudden it just comes flooding back so you know that's the biggest thing with me sometimes my trauma comes flooding back so but anyways um not to bring not to be a debbie downer tonight with the podcast i just wanted to talk about some personal abusive story that i you know withstood and um anyways i I guess i'll let y'all go from the podcast and i'll probably see you on the next i'll see you i will be here on the next podcast (laughs) gosh knows i'm not gonna see anybody but i'm gonna know you're here listening so um i hope that you show up to listen to the next one and i appreciate all of the ones that come and listen support me i appreciate these sweet reviews on itunes I did get a a review here just recently, and I really appreciate that so much. You don't know how much that means to me. It really means so much to me from my heart to yours. And um, if you don't mind, if you're listening on iTunes, it doesn't take but a few seconds to give a quick review. Do a few stars or whatever you want to give me, and, you know, it will help the podcast grow. And if you're able to support the podcast, please do, because by you doing that it will help the podcast grow bigger and bigger and it will give it a bigger platform for more people to listen and hopefully out there i can help someone else and um i hope that you are all very healthy and doing very well and i will be here on the next podcast so till then talk to you guys later bye